Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Not today, Bubba. Gordy, Gordy, can I bother you for a second? Hey, folks, Big Game Bob here. Before we get the show started, let me remind you, please, don't try and be a hero at your local barbecue. Keep it easy, stick to technology, what got us here with meter. Protect your meat today with meter, the world's first truly wireless leave-in meat thermometer with a water-resistant stainless steel design. Designed with internal and external temperature sensors to ensure perfectly prepared meat for any meal. Don't mess with another man's meat, folks. Okay? If you want to be the barbecue guy, sure, be that guy. Take on the grill, but do it with the meter. You can get the meter today at meter.com. Protect your meat like Big Bob does. Stick this baby in the steak and be prepared for greatness. Not overcooked, not undercooked. Perfectly medium rare the way steak should be if you got the meter stick. Enjoy your next barbecue today. Hi, folks. Coming to you Live here, this is indeed the Brailley Dumb Show, episode 83. Coming in hot, coming in early, coming in often. I'm Big Game Bob, coming to you on your local airwaves. However you're listening, why ever you're listening, we're just happy you are indeed listening. That is indeed Grace Ibrahim behind the glass on the ones and twos, getting ready to rock and roll here. Folks, for those of you watching on the YouTube right now, you're probably thinking, my goodness, Did the sun just take Bobby for a spin? Yes, that is right. I am burnt. I am hurting. I'm a little bit woozy, a little bit disoriented. Day two after our surfing trip. It is surfing. I guess you could call surfing a sport. So we're going to use that here for our sports segment here. Episode 83. Folks, coming to YouTube. I don't know the day yet. It'll be at some point this week. They have a ton of footage to go through. Myself, Joey Coldcuts, Forrest Galante went surfing on these E-Wave surfboards. These things go 40 miles per hour in the water. They're absolutely nuts. We knew going in that we were going to be doing nothing short of just sacrificing the body. That's all it was going to be, just laying it all out on the line for the brilliantly dumb faithful, and boy, did we. These things have some giddy up to you. Imagine going 40 miles per hour on the water and having absolutely no control of where you're going. Me and Cold Cuts were eating shit left and right. We were just skipping across the water. It's literally like somebody was just skipping rocks. When we fell, it wasn't a graceful fall. We would just be skipping with no signs of slowing down at all, just skipping across the water. Now, we were supposed to go with Rob Lowe. Unfortunately, Rob Lowe could not join us. His son, Matthew Lowe, joined us instead. We come to the boat, okay? They got their whole Animal Planet crew. Forrest Galante is a host on the Animal Planet. They got their whole crew, okay? These guys are no joke. They got drones that are going to be giving us camera footage. They got GoPros on the surfboards. There's all types of cameras going. They're loading this stuff into the boat. I come walking up, me and Joey Coldcuts, we look absolutely just ridiculous. I'm smashing a sausage McMuffin on my way over to the boat. And these guys who are just... 
total surf bros. They, I mean, they really are. Surf bros really kind of have their own language. They really do. The whole time they do this thing where I'm doing right now, it's an emoji. It's like the surfing thing, and they, they wave their hands with the thumb and pinky and just go, you. That's like their thing. They, if they're surfing or they get a gnarly wave, they go, you. So me and Cold Cuts kept thinking that we had it down when really we were doing like the rock and roll type thing. And instead of doing the you, we would just kind of be like, you. You know, we can never figure out throughout the entire day the correct surf terminology for the you. We were a total mess. I come walking up eating a sausage McMuffin from McDonald's, okay, walking over to the boat. And these guys are like, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, what the hell do we have here? But Rob Lowe's son comes up to let us know that Rob's not going to be coming the day of. And it's kind of like Rob Lowe sent them out to deliver the message. You know, in the old school area, somebody would pull up on a horse to some village and, and relay some message. He traveled 500 miles to let you know. Good evening, gentlemen. I see you July 27th to inform you that Rob Lowe will not be coming today. I said, well, where the hell's Rob Lowe? What, what, what do you have to go? I asked his son. He said, we had a family thing at the Schwarzenegger's house. I actually got a head thereafter. Okay. I mean, I guess I guess I can live with that. If there's somebody that's going to be chosen over Big Game Bob, I guess Arnold Schwarzenegger and his family is a pretty good one to pick me over. I'll take that. And I said to him, I said, yeah, believe it or not, I actually had something scheduled with the Obamas. Fortunately, Barack was able to reschedule, but let's do some fucking surfing, shall we? So, I mean, the crew's all ready to go. And I, I, I tell you what, I cannot say enough about Forrest Galante. This guy is just the all-American. He just gets it. He's just a pro. He knew exactly what he was getting with me and Joey Coldcuts. We went to his house months ago, and it's one of our highest-rated YouTube videos that we have. It's got like 70,000 views. We went to Forrest Galante's house to do a tour of his house and an interview with him. He was just coming off an interview for, with Joe Rogan, who's a very knowledgeable guy, asks a lot of great questions, knows animals, does his research, and then me and Joey Coldcuts come in. City guys... No idea what we're talking about when it comes to wildlife. And and he gets it. And he understood that. And rather be upset about that, he owns it. And he plays into it. And it makes it so much fun. And me and Galante have really built a good friendship from And we talked ever since. So when the surfing, came, the surfing idea came about... Yeah, it was just a no-brainer. The guy's just a pro, and he's so much fun to be with. He gets a kick out of me. I think he's a fucking nut. He goes swimming with great white sharks. He, he wrestles with the anacondas. This is no joke. I mean, he's just, he's an all-American guy and really turned in to be one of my good friends. We had an absolute ball. We really did. I mean, it was so much fun. I cannot wait for you guys to see this footage. Just of me and Cold Cuts wiping out. You should have seen the guy that he brought our skipper for the day that was following us in the boats. I've never felt so comfortable in the waters in my life. Because honestly, this guy pulls up, okay? It looks like he walks on water. 
This guy looked like fucking Aquaman. Like his home is the ocean. There was no chance of me drowning because this guy was not going to let me drown in his home. I have never felt more comfortable in my life. Just a full surfer, bro. That's all he was. Just a full-time surfer, bro. He goes, you boys out here for halibut season or uh, halibut season? Uh, <laughs> no, we... uh. Just here to do some fucking surfing night, to be quite frank with you, sir. I didn't know that halibut had their own season. For me, they're either just on the menu or they're not on the on the menu. That's about as much I know about halibut season. These guys are fishing every day. It's just really... I, I, you gotta see this footage. Again, they're following us in boats. They're... they're they got these drones flying over us. There's cameras. There's GoPros on our surfboard. I, I, I mean, it, it was just, it was so well done. I can't wait to see the video. Forrest Galante, I cannot praise this guy enough. He's as good as it gets. Get a look at his show. Uh, he was from the show. He's got his own show, Extinct or Alive. He was also, he was the one who created Naked and Afraid. He's done a lot of stuff with Discovery, Animal Planet. This guy's as good as it gets. It really is. I cannot wait to give you guys this footage. It's top of the line. Me and Cold Cuts just doing nothing but sacrificing the bodies out there for the brilliantly dumb faithful. Anywho, we are moving on. All right, folks, that leads us to transition this show here. Again, for those of you watching on the YouTube right now, you're probably seeing a different-looking Bob right now. That is correct. We break. Had to get myself ready and prepped. We have a very special guest coming on the show for you today, Sir Joel McHale. For those of you who don't know Joel McHale, he's a stand-up comedian, had a hit show Community on NBC, did the White House Correspondence Dinner speech in 2014. He's really been everywhere and anywhere. Movies, he did Ted with Seth MacFarlane, he He's been in a ton. The Soup he was the host of, which you know was renewed for 12 seasons. He's been in a lot. He's a stand-up guy. I've heard him in a lot of different interviews and podcasts and whatnot. What I really want to get into him with him, there's a lot I have to discuss about him. Something that I really want to get into um, was his White House correspondence dinner speech. I love these. You know, it's so cool when you're able to make fun of the the president to his face, and it's kind of like a roast, and it's a really neat thing. Um, and Joe McHale came on and did it, and he he put on one of the better ones, the better shows I've seen. I mean, he just, he was incredible. It was so good. He went around the room just roasting people um, and, and he just crushed it. So I really kind of want to get into that with him. He sat at the same table as Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. And he's just a really stand up guy from what I hear, you know, around, around the industry and uh, another confirmed friend of the pod. So here we go. Coming on right now, we have Joel McHale. Enjoy the show folks. All right, folks, here he is. We're bringing in Joel McHale. Here he is. Coming in hot. Here's our guy. There he is. There he is. There he, there is. he is. Look on. at you. You got, you got the press junket vibe going on to you there, Joel. Look well, at you. All About Steve is one of the greatest movies Ken Jeong has ever been allowed to be in. I, t- <laughs> I tell you what, Joel. I like that a lot. Right. I really do. Please excuse my appearance. I got fucked by the sun the other day. So if you're looking at that sunburn, can you see it or it's okay? No, I just thought that was a pre-existing condition. Yeah, yeah. 
I just was Joe, Joe, let me ask you something, okay? And try not to be too honest here. What's a bigger moment for you, okay? Hosting the Jimmy Kimmel show or mm. coming on as a guest to the Burnley Dumb Show Zoom call? Again, try not to be too honest here. Well, I'm going to have to say seeing skin cancer developing <laughs> in action is exciting, like a National Geographic special. So I guess Kimmel was like, you know, like, dude, like an honor and like, oh my gosh, I'm doing the Kimmel show. And then this is more like, <laughs> I just have never seen this live. This seems... Well, that's why, I, that's why I wanted to do just an all-white background for you. This way you could just focus on and just roast me for my face. I figured that would be best for the audience, the best way yeah. to go about this. And that huge albino penis that you speak into also. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't forget about that. You cannot forget about that. Joe, you ready to rock and roll here? Oh, yeah. So here's what we do. What we usually do for guests coming on the show is we like to give them the Wikipedia read and read their Wikipedia. Here's the problem, wow. though. Yeah, because, Here's, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, it's just the intense research that you do by looking at Look, look, we, we go deep into the archives here, but, but the problem that I'm having here, Joel, okay, they got the soup, they got the NBC sitcom, they got community, they throw in Spy Kids here. Here's what they're missing, okay? Hmm. 1992 Washington Huskies walk-on football tight end. It almost seems like, Joel, since your days at the Washington Huskies, the NFL has kind of changed the way they go about their tight ends. Now they go with the more, you know, tall, skinny-type, athletic tight ends. Is it safe to say you've now paved the way for the Jimmy Grahams of the world, the George Kittles oh. of the world? Yeah. Is that Joel McHale? I get so many letters from those guys and, and <laughs> like gifts and after games where they play great, they're just like, couldn't have done it without you. And I'm just, you know, I, I never respond because it's embarrassing and I don't want to, I don't want to just be, I don't want, I know that people are like, you're the father of modern skinny tight ends on athletics. Pave the way. Yeah, a lot of people call me the father. Like Michael Stipe being the father of alternative music in the 80s and 90s. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, they're, they're talking about a plaque. I mean, you got to think, if Patrick Mahomes had a Joel McHale to throw to, that could Man. be an absolute problem. I don't think they'd be trailing the Niners at all in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'd feel bad for Patrick because he wouldn't be able to show his arm off the way he does because I would just be right there. Boom, got it, no problem. Short pass. Blah, blah, blah. That's so how it works. I can I pump your tires even more? You I mean, okay with that? They're, uh, they're, they're tank treads, my friend. They can't be punctured or, or lower. They're, they just roll over everything. I'm going to keep pumping your tires because here's what I like about a Joel McHale, okay? Okay. I'm watching you on Instagram the other day. It was an Instagram live. I could be wrong. I want to say it was the Washington Post or something. Something around yeah, those lines. Yeah. You with me? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I thought you were talking about the Dr. Joshua Schiffer Instagram Live I did where I talk about COVID for an hour and a half. No, again, we, we, we go beyond the Wikipedia here, Joel. Wow. We, 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 all we right. do it so, all yeah. Washington Post. You come on for this live chat, okay? It's 11 o'clock here in Los Angeles, California. Yep. You come yep. on for the live. You're grilling a sirloin. Is that yep. a normal thing in the McHale household, 11 o'clock sirloins? Sometimes um, I, uh, once in a while, will be like, it's time for a steak. 
and uh, and then I, I usually it's the evening, and usually there's a glass of red wine. Uh, but I was like, sometimes I'm sometimes on these things, like, I find them, you know, boring to tears. So I thought, why not do something? Cook a steak, and then I ate it, and it was wonderful. Now, if you have the steak for lunch, though, the only issue that I have, how do you one-up it for dinner? Usually, you should one-up dinner, lunch with dinner. What did you do for dinner, that? Because it could only kind of go downhill from there, no? Uh, steak tartare, raw steak. Look at you. Very good answer there, yeah. Mr. McHale. Holy Absolutely shit. raw. How do you yeah. feel about postmating your steak? Is that a big no? I've never postmated a steak in my life. Not for you? I've never used Postmates. Really? Yeah. Are you cooking all, what are you doing, seven nights a week, you cooking? I will go get the food if, it's, if we want food from, from somewhere. But I, look, as much as I, I, the service is wonderful and I want people to work, uh, the time between ordering and getting the food always seems longer to me than me calling in, hopping in my car and bringing it back. There's something about, I don't know, the delivery system that I, I'm old. So I'm like, I don't trust this. This could, where, who knows who's, where it's been. So I, yeah, I don't, I haven't post made it. Well, you know who would not be thrilled with a delivery steak is the guy that actually connected us by the name of Jack Arnold. What an absolute saint that man is, no? Very good man. Yeah, and so, yeah, he's one of my favorites and he knows what the fuck he's doing. And no doubt about it. You know, when you get a ex- nice piece of meat, you don't, that's the critical time. When you take that thing off the grill, it's still cooking. And I have timers and I have, if I want a medium rare steak, I pull that thing off when it's rare and it will get to medium in 10 minutes. And that's when you get, that's when it's, that's when it's showtime. I got suckered into doing a delivery steak the other day from Craig's and it just wasn't the same. And I was really kicking myself because you're paying the same price. No joke. Yeah. And you're not getting, I mean, you're paying full price. You're not getting table service and or a person, you know, serving, you know, there's not, there's the, the distance between the kitchen and the table is a few feet. And then all of a sudden, I, I mean, I, I have a APL steak was pretty damn good because they're very nice play. Uh, I'm not saying that Craig's isn't, but I made, we had it picked up and I'm like, you have to, be right there when it comes out because and then zip it over because it's going to be a hockey puck if we don't get it within about 20 minutes joe McHale knows his meat he really does i mean you got to answer when i to die the of uh you know all my arteries being blocked by the same you know at the exact same time i'm gonna i'm just gonna go worth it and then bam. <laughs> And they were like, he ate a lot of steaks. Well, Joe, as much as I want to talk 11 a.m. sirloins with you here, let's transfer this over to the comedy department here. Now, you've done it all. You got the TV shows, movies, stand-ups. What I want to touch on a little bit that I've always wondered about, okay, is this gig at the Correspondence White House dinner, okay? Mm. What are nerves like going into that? Is that are nerves at an all-time high compared to anything else that you've done? I have never been more nervous in my life. Don't blame um, me. I burnt out the, the fuse in my brain for nerves after that. Uh, and I've done a bunch of nerve-wracking things or supposedly nerve-wracking things since. And I, there is not a... I was like, oh, this is what happens when, I don't know, Navy SEALs diffuse enough bombs underwater blindfolded where they're like, yeah, it's no big deal. Uh, when I stood... When they were like, after the president said his jokes 
and I stood up and I had a dizzy spell and I was like, oh my gosh, you are nervous. And, uh, and I knew, so I, this was after an hour and a half sitting next to Michelle Obama and we were having a grand old time. And then they're like, all right, go do it. Go tell your, your little jokes, get up there. And cause the president had just slayed. He had just destroyed. He always room. does. Yep. Funniest president in a lot because he worked at it and um yeah so i the like what the there's first few moments where i was just like <laughs> here we go <laughs> okay and i had treated that group of jokes like they were children that i had birthed into this world and nurtured and these two writers, three writers that I worked with, I, we just did mini shows every day, every, like, and I would, we would hone it and hone it. And then we knew some of the jokes would be uh, the same. Like we knew there would be a, uh, like an orange is the new black uh, uh, speaker Boehner joke. Cause he always was so, he made, he made you look like an albino. And, uh, and <laughs> so we knew, so I was, so as Obama is delivering similar jokes, I'm just ripping them out of my Killing it. thing. Right. I'm just like, okay, he's, he's already done that, he's done that <laughs> joke. Uh, and yes, it was 16. I have ridden in an F-16 airplane. Uh, I got to do that one time. I was not nearly as nervous as I was for the White House. I have swam. I swam with sharks last year. Nothing. No. Like, I was just like, yeah, they're dogs with fins. Okay. Uh, I were speaking in front of sharks for this one. Yeah. Th and then, uh, like I, I've gone on bear grills. We like shimmied up the side, a, sh a cliff face. And I was like, this seems fine. And I'm not saying that to be bragging. I was like any other time I would have just been terrified and screaming and vomiting and peeing. But once I was that nervous and kind of like, got a hold of it then i was like okay this is the level that is going to be I, I don't know what i could do i guess if i hosted something like the oscars or something like that that would drive it back to that same level but um, but you know what intrigues me about the whole thing joe is you have to and you're sitting with the obamas you're sitting with michelle and barack obama at the same table Obviously, you're so concerned and worried about your speech. Is it hard to hold the conversation with Michelle Obama when all you can really think about is the speech you have coming up? Well, she is so incredibly lovely that it's almost it almost was this very nice respite where I'm like, oh, I'm just having a nice conversation with this incredibly cool person. And it, that put me at ease. And so Michelle Obama kind of loosened you up in a way, no? Yeah, I, I would, because if I would, if I was just sitting there backstage pacing back and forth, I probably would have been, I don't know, it might have been, it might have not gone well. I don't know, but she is, and I mean, like no other gig I've ever done, I was, I have never been more prepared, ever. Like, like prepared the same way. I felt like an astronaut going up in, you know, the first Apollo rocket where I'm like, if I don't know this by now, then it, it's just, I'll never know it. And so I, ha I kept telling myself that I was like, you know, all the jokes, you practically can say this 20 minute speech verbatim. And uh, without so, so I kept telling myself that and, um, and then you have the president. That, so there was a thousand distractions. But, but yes, at the same time, I'm talking to everybody. Uh, there's 
a uh, aircraft carrier sitting on the back no of my head. No doubt about it. Yeah, going like, get ready, asshole. Here we go. And uh, and that's that. I, that I guess the only thing you could liken it to would be the build up to a Super Bowl where they're just, you know, where you're just like, let's just get to the game, get to the game, get to the game. Yes, this is all. You fun know what? It's a that. phenomenal analogy. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, really I is. Mean, yeah, it, that's the only thing I could think of because you're like, just come on, let's go, guys. And uh, I, I, you know, the, the when you finally get down there, you just want to play the game. And uh, so, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's why I was so sad when our current president got rid of the the dinner because uh, he clearly. I mean, I don't care what your politics are, but the guy can't take a joke to his face. No doubt about and, it. And he can't. It can't handle it. And that's why it's so was for. Uh, from my perspective, it's so cool when the most powerful person on the planet, the leader of the free world, the is best. having jokes t- told to him, it's like at him, at his expense. Totally. And I, I did a interview with, uh, I went, I was in France, thank you, and I did a bunch of interviews because we were at this television festival, and it was either Romania or Hungary. And I said, what would happen in your country if I told jokes about your leader at a dinner like that? Folks, stay right with us here. We just interrupt the Brilliantly Dumb Show to let you know that we are presented by Manscaped. Fellas, get that summer bond ready to rock and roll. The beaches are open, the sun is shining, and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. Folks, starting now, get 20% off and free shipping using promo code BROBIBLE at manscaped.com. B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping using promo code BROBIBLE at manscaped.com. Folks, protect the nuts, protect the chest, protect your ball sack today with manscaped and the guy laughed and he was like oh you'd uh, work prison for the rest of your life you'd be smacked you'd be breaking you know what's scary joe you don't know if they're joking or not oh he was not joking (laughs) you know know he was just like oh no you'd be that's you'd be that's it you'd be finished okay so then let me ask you this after you go up there most nerve-wracking moment of your life you dominate it you really did you crushed it Bless you. Is the adrenaline just through the roof after? Are you just big dick in your way throughout anywhere you go after for the rest of that night? Uh, I know. I, what was the, I, the, the nerves um, had to leave. No, the, um, the adrenaline dump was, I think I could have slept for 10 hours, <laughs> uh, but I had a, I didn't even, I didn't even, and this is impressive for me. I did not drink the wine at my table. And I, I think I, I bet it was good. Wine. I was like, I don't want to be influenced by anything. So there was my glass of wine and I just went, Hunk, and I was like, all right. And then the president like shook my hand and hugged me. And so did Michelle. Uh, and she left her purse. So they walked out, her purse is sitting there. And I'm like, <laughs> and ran away no uh i i literally walked up to the president and tapped him on the back and i was like your <laughs> wife first where is secret service they can't yeah, get where, the purse? I, I walked right up to him with a box going like hi and uh, <laughs> i mean it was only it was a matter of a few seconds but he just turns and he looks at me and he goes like oh that was good joel and i was like <laughs> and then so yeah so i'm relieved and 
there's then I look down at the crowd and Russell Wilson is waiting for me. And who's your guy? Who's my guy? And we that was the first time we ever met. And I was just like, hey, Russell. (laughs) Uh, And Richard Sherman was there. And so I was very, um, yeah, it was all very surreal. You know, I, I said, like, it's looking out onto a crowd of like a wax museum of people that are famous. But you know what? Even confidence wise, after you do that, you got to feel like you're untouchable. I mean, the Jimmy, the host of Jimmy Kimmel had to be like almost a walk in the park for you after doing something like that. Well, I mean, obviously hosting the soup uh, helped me because I've, I've read a thousand million jokes over 12 years. Ironically, so I did that in 2014. Um, the uh, community and the soup were canceled the next year. <laughs> and so I you didn't like, do as well in the speech as we thought. I was like, oh, I guess, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess this is it. I guess that was it. That was, that was my peak. That's it. No more. And uh, so, yeah, that was uh, ironic. Um, but uh, yeah, I look back, I, I strangely, that day, um, the next day, we had all these stupid events planned and we stayed out till like five in the morning. And my kids are like, let's go to the spy museum. We're like, oh, oh, here we go. Yeah, and I got so, so we were, you know, we were leaving the next day. I, I made sure we were not gonna leave the next day. I was like, let's leave the next day so we have a little bit of rest. And we get on the plane. Oh, uh, we get on the plane and right before we get on the plane, my wife and I both use the bathroom and we just have that, we just have that look where you go, uh, are you, you, oh yeah, we're both sick. We're sick. We're going to get ill. And we get on the plane, which is, you know, irresponsible. But the kids are already on the plane. They're there. And all I thought was six hours. I mean, we didn't, have, we didn't know what we had. But so my wife proceeded to vomit for the whole ride. I was coming out down here the whole ride. And thank God, I was like, we're buying first class tickets because I'm, if I'm going to be on this trip and going everything. I was like, I don't care. I'm spending miles. I'm getting first class. And if I didn't, I would have been trapped like against a window. And uh, it would have. So then everyone I talked to, whenever like, well, then we got sick. And they're like, yeah, that would happen. I was like, no, 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 no. It wasn't that. It wasn't, it wasn't the letdown and like, oh, yeah, you got sick after such a big deal. And you, should, like, oh, you should have told people that you were sick during the dinner. They would have compared it to the Michael Jordan flu game. True. Michael True. Jordan flu game, Joe, McK- Joe McHale White House speech. That's exactly how people would look at that and me and my ability. That's exactly. You know, you know who we had on the, the podcast who it's just when I think of these correspondence dinners that, that I, the moment I think of, we had Robert O'Neill, the Navy SEAL who killed Bin Laden. Yeah. And he talks about being able to watch that correspondence dinner after it took place. And I believe yeah. it was Seth Meyers. Yep. Did and, a Bin Laden joke while it yeah. was going on. Talk about a badass. Oh, uh, my God. That is sitting there. Ready to, he's like, I'm going to go for a uh, leave for a second. Watches Ben Laden get, get killed. Comes back, tells jokes, nails it. Then. Ice cold. Yeah. Ju- and then Seth Myers. that's when he went after Trump. When yes. he began making fun of Trump because Trump was in the audience. And I know that, believe me, the conservative people watching right now, if you're in a comedy show, no matter who you are, and a com- comedian goes after somebody and that person gets angry and can't take it that is a gift to a comedian it's once you get to that person it's totally. like oh 
I won, you, I got to you. And especially with someone who uh, was in a position of power like Trump, who at that, you know, the, the, the apprentice was huge at that point. So, um, you know, people like, that's where he decided to become president. I was like, I don't know. But, uh, but I was like, when you, when you, when you, when it gets to you and people like some, you know, if, in a comedy show when someone like storms out and they're mad, people are like, well, yeah, you got him. You, you messed with a professional. And uh, anyway, that a lot happened that night. That Let was, me ask you something. You have worked with top-notch guys, obviously, Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart, Seth MacFarlane. Who do you, off, even just off cameras and everything when you're not rolling, who's the guy that just blows you away comedy-wise that you think is just one of the funniest people you've, you've ever met, even off the camera? Jeez. Uh, boy. I mean... The, I, I, it would, I'd be hard. There are anybody on that, when I've worked with people that are in that category, they are all hilarious. They are all Kingslayers. They're all, um, they're, without except there's nobody I know that was like, huh, he's funny on camera, but what a, <laughs> um, there's boy, no, I cannot. I cannot go, oh, this guy. Uh, Rocked your world. Just like I cannot. Um, let's see. Hmm. You know, like when I worked with Matt Damon, I didn't I didn't understand at that point how insanely funny he was. Um, and I think That's that a good was, one right there. That was more surprising that I was like, oh, damn, he could have been a stand-up if he had wanted to. Same thing right, with the Kevin Hart's in them we expect. That's an interesting. Yeah. And Ke- I mean, I just did a game show with Kevin, and it's – hilarious by the way i saw that he's remarkable i mean i just did another where i'm just like fucking hey everything he's pretty he's pretty i mean you you know what i mean it's like this is why he sells so many tickets and is a movie star because you're like he fucking he there are you know there's good comics and then there's comics that are always in the moment and people like robin williams or someone like that where they're like oh they off they just operate at a higher level and those guys everyone you just named does i know i did that a little thing with Will Ferrell, and I was like, Good Lord, no wonder. No but wonder you love that shit. You love doing that shit, no? Like, you just you, seem very – I won't even watch some of your interview with Howard Stern. Oh, you yeah. You might be one of the most comfortable guys to sit on that, because there was a time where I thought you were going to lie down and take a nap. Oh, I, w- I didn't sleep that night. I was so nervous. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, – you just looked very comfortable in that. I – my goal, my goal, well, that was from extreme fatigue because I've done his show twice and I was, I was more relaxed the second time. But I mean, it's also because of the power of Howard Stern that he puts you at ease and you're like, I'm going to tell this man anything. He can have my, right. man, whatever you want, just take it. And uh, I don't think, I mean, because I mean, obviously Howard Stern is, will go down as one of the funniest and innovators of all time. But, and and it does have, it does, it's come through now, but he's one of the greatest interviewers of all time. And so that, that, I don't think that was unexpected, but it was, it was, uh, he's just, when you're actually there, you're like, oh, you're just really good. You're just Well, it's funny you say that, because that's the thing you hear of guests say what makes Howard Stern, Howard Stern, is that you're, he just instantly makes you so comfortable from the moment that you walk in. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's just... Let me ask you this, Joe. From a, you're a big stand-up comedy guy. From do you think with the way the culture is right now in the world, 
that stand-up comedians have always kind of had this green light that they could really say whatever they wanted to say, and you can't judge them for it. They're on stage. This is what they do. With the way things are now, do you think when we get back to being able to do stand-up shows, comedians out there are going to have to pull back a little bit more so than they had to? No. Uh, Not at all? No, because I, 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 I've heard comics say like, oh, kids are too PC these days. I can't do my thing. And I, and I, and I was just like, uh, well, then you're not adapting uh, to what the situation is. And I have found, I have not found that. I find that, I don't know if there's ever been a time when because com comedians get asked that, have been told that or asked that for a long time where it wasn't they I, I never heard an interview with I don't know with Richard Pryor in the 70s where they were like isn't it great we live now when you can just say anything you want out loud anytime True. and I don't I don't think that ever was the case and I think the older generation of comics see new people coming up and going like these kids they're I don't know about these kids we can't do what we used to do and I think that's just a thing that happens um, because comedy always finds a way and I think you just have to, um, adapt to it. And I, and so I don't, I don't think they're going to look back on this time and go, and this is when comics really restrained themselves. I, the only time that happens is if you live in a tyrannical government where you say something badly about the leader and then you, that's removed. That's the, that's the, right. that's when you go down um but i'm i didn't i don't feel that i don't have that sort of like oh man i can't tell that anymore right just watch this subject or watch that it's kind of you could still feel free to just let it rip yeah i mean it's more sort of like oh if i feel weird like should i talk about this subject then i'll bring that up on stage it's like should we talk about that let's 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 work out what what can be said so i think you just have to i mean you know i mean if you're a good stand-up you just have to work hard all the time that's why I'm a bad stand-up. Uh, but so I don't, I have found, I've done a bunch of colleges in the last two years and I would say they were just as fun as they always were. Um, if so, I mean, I love a college audience and they're, they got more energy than everybody. So I'm, I, I would say that it was, it was similar. Uh, Joe, to how it's been. when you look back on your career, okay, with everything that you have done, would you say- Am I going to die? No, 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 you're still, you're hanging in there. You're still doing it. You're A-okay. Okay, you are fine for now. Keep eating those steaks. You look great. You really do. When you look back, the soup on E, 12 seasons. Yeah. Okay? Would you say that that was one of the most memorable times of your career? You're up and coming. You probably got your own parking spot at E at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, are you just living? Is that is that the time you look back to and say, that was it for me? Uh, I think when I was doing the soup and community at the same time, that was uh, it. That was when I would be like, Oh, this is, I'm, this is, I've dreamt of things like this. And this is what I've always wanted. Uh, I didn't realize the sort of sleep deprivation it would, um, in, in, entail. Uh, but, uh, that was a very busy time. And I know when look, look, I know when I look back, I'll be like, that was professionally, the time of my life like it was just so much fun and I got to work with all these great people and my kids were just you know they're, they're at that age when they're little things uh that was that would be my only regret is that I didn't see them enough and um 
and I was after that I was kind of like I want to get jobs that I don't have to be gone all the time because I, I remember like I was like oh, I just worked 200 days in a row or something and and, and I was like well that's good for work but uh right. but uh I, I just so yeah I will look back on that when I could do these you know full-time jobs and uh it was football actually taught me how to work my ass off uh but um uh yeah I'll I'll you know like but yeah I look back on there's weird little things where I look back and I'll be like that was such an enjoyable time what a cool thing and I get to say that I did you know I was like I got to do that so uh but that time that six years that was busy can I take it back to maybe not the most enjoyable time would you prefer to line up as tight end again for the Washington Huskies, do a couple slant routes and get lit up if need be, or would you rather do another season with Chevy Chase? Oh, I do a oh season with Chevy Chase. Season with Chevy Chase, no doubt about it. Oh yeah, because those slant now at my age, if you get blindsided, <laughs> you can snap a. You, I would have. I would do the football if I could like load up on HGH for the next six months and some sort of. Uh, I don't know, Eastern block uh, steroid from 1978 and just got it all in there. Then I maybe paved the way for a new set of tight ends, the HGH tight ends. You could go back to the run blocker type tight ends, more thick type of guys, the thick big time Joel McHale. Yeah, I would. Well, look, the tight ends I worked with, we had a two tight end set and they were both long and I mean, they were long. One of them was six, seven, three hundred pounds. The other oh, was Jesus six, Christ! Four. No, no, no offense, Joe, but what were you doing there? I mean, you're not six, seven, no. No, I'm six four, and I was two fifty. So, okay. uh, I was, I was still fifty pounds lighter than any of them. Uh, but they were, they both went into the NFL and both got Super Bowls. So, uh, I was way out of my league. But they were. I feel like they were part of this new generation I mean because they could run one of them was Ernie Conwell who won a Super Bowl with uh, the Rams he could he could run a four five four four 40 yard dash and bench 500 pounds and squat a thousand and clean and jerk 360 and so he was a monster and and Mark Bruner who was the captain of the Steelers for years he also he was number he was the starter Ernie was the backup so I mean it was like they were were you, were you the team's ball buster though? Could they kind of see your career coming? Oh, I was very good on skit night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, skit night that was the first time anybody respected me was on when I was doing skits. They were uh, so happy. And uh yeah, after that uh, people remember people remembered me for that, not for how I played football. Joel, I want to close with this here. You, you've kind of, you've adapted to the new times, whether it was switching over to Netflix, you do a Zoom Jimmy Kimmel that you host. Now you have the darkest timeline, timeline podcast with Ken Jeong. How do you like the podcasting game? Oh, well, uh, as uh, I'm, I am an OCD workaholic crazy person. And when the COVID hit, you know, obviously all the stand-up went away. And all the, you know, stuff that coming up. So that all got canceled. And then I was like, you know, I'm one of those people that when they sleep, my niche just shakes. And so I said, what, um, what can I do? And, and Ken and I talk all the time and he and I will talk for two hours. And I'm like, we got to do this. Well, Tran, his wife was like, you should do that. And 
and she also named it. Uh, and so we just thought after the table read of the community cast, uh, when that was coming around, it was like, we should just bring on our friends. And so far we've only brought friends on that we, people that we know and people that we have relationships with. And I'm sure that will run out at some point, but uh, I don't look, some people are like, oh, you got to keep it to 40 minutes. And then I was like, oh, that one was two and a half hours. So, uh, <laughs> right, right. yeah, uh, but we just did one with Allison and she's, so funny. I mean, she is so fucking funny. It is kind of terrifying how funny she is. And um, anyway, uh, so I, I, we really enjoy it. And what we hope is that because he, he and I started doing stand up, like uh, I would go out and do 20, he would come out and do 40. And then we would do another 20 together. And that's what I hope. That's what we're both kind of like, if we can go do shows and do it together, that would really be so much fun and uh i would i would do that in a heartbeat that's what we're hoping and, and and keep it going do you like the podcast i love it i think it's it's funny that you said you guys are kind of just talking you know it's like you guys would be on the phone for two hours and then because that's the vibe that you get with the podcast is it's like you guys are just talking which really is the way it should be it's the most natural yeah no i mean if i was doing a true crime podcast then i <laughs> I would but have to know. I'm sure facts. you could do if need be. Well, I would have know facts and then have that cool NPR music float in and then it floats <laughs> out and then it floats in. And then you hear crowd noise and then the Hey, scream. let me tell you, you do the special effects, right? You don't even need to be talking about a crime and it would be spectacular. That's true. I'm not going to do that. Something I'm to think about. Out. Well, look, I'm happy to leave you with something to think about. I, I knew if you were hanging with a guy like Jack Arnold, you would be a great guy. Joe, you exceeded expectations here. We appreciate you coming on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Well, Robbie Bobby, um, you were very thoughtful and you knew your stuff. So thank you for asking really cool, thoughtful questions because some people are like, so Spider-Man 2, yeah. tell us more. <laughs> yeah. well, that was a while ago. Uh, well, it looks like since you live by, we'll have to grill some meat. Hey, buy the meat. Just put about the medium rare, just like my face right there. You're good let's, to go. Okay, that's, that's well done, my friend. <laughs> that that looks like you're uh, you're at the first stage of putting clown makeup on. Hey, Joel, and, I appreciate you taking a couple shots at me to end off. It's a perfect way to. Uh, only wow. Joel McHale would end that way. That's my sad job. Hey, let me know. We'll have the steaks ready to go. I look forward to yeah. it, brother. We'll do a distanced. A distance eat off. I'll get some big old tongs. This way, I won't have to be too too close to you, right. and just kind of reach in when necessary. Hey, the heat off the grill that kills the virus. Can't can't live in that. There we go. You just there keep your head over the grill the whole time. Do I look like a guy who's got corona right now? You gotta you gotta wear a you gotta wear sunscreen, dude. I know. But you know what? It was a cloudy day, and they say yeah. that's when it really. Well, that's when people don't realize they're getting burned. Yeah. Well, you know who we were supposed to go with is Rob Lowe. We were going surfing on these electric surfboards. Problem the is, airfoils. Rob Lowe never showed. They're these e-way surfboards, forty miles per hour. I think Rob Lowe knew that he couldn't risk getting sunburn. He didn't show. He didn't just text you going, "Hey, man, I'm not showing." No, we found out today. His son came, great guy, hell of a surfer. Rob Lowe didn't show. I just don't think the electric to do this to his face. Me, I can, you know, I can afford it. I'm not that good looking well, of a guy. You could have worn like a hat with a thing and covered yourself and the zinc. You could have done all that. Yeah. But you What's know, the I, name of these boards? E-Wave Surfboards. We got a video coming out with it. They 
fucking fly. I'll get you connected with the guy. It's unbelievable. I mean, it, it, it's nuts. All right. I'm very All right. excited. We're going to see you riding an Evo surfboard? Oh, that's the only way. I have a one-wheel skateboard with a big uh, uh, go-kart tire in the middle of the board. Jesus, you're a nut. And, oh, I love it. It's, and it's easy for the old man as opposed to like an electric skateboard where you're like, I don't know. Uh, but this one is it's great. Because uh, I've been looking at one of those airfoils. Have you ever seen that? No. All right, look up What's airfoil. that all about? It's a, it has a uh, rudder that goes into the water, but it's a surfboard. You'll see. Uh, but this e-wave sounds fascinating. Fascinating, it really is. I'm, we know what I'll do. I'm going to send it your way. You can take a look at it. All right, and I'll, I'll send you the e-foil stuff, and we'll compare. Send me the e-foil. And we'll see who wins. How hey, much does the e-wave surfboard go for? Well, that's when I might lose you. What do you it's think like an electric surfboard 10, should go for? It's $10,000. I swear to you, you nailed it. Yeah. On the head, 10000 on the dot. Absolutely yeah. nailed it. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, if you're... Obviously, if you're Rob Lowe's son, you're not having problems with money. No. Uh, so, and if you use it a lot, hey, and you're using it for transportation, maybe it is worth the price of a Datsun. I could see yeah. Joel McHale just whipping it around in his pool. Oh, in the, uh, in the L.A. River. Yeah. <laughs> the only way. Love to do that. All right. Hey, you are the best of the best, brother. I appreciate you're you. You're the best. You um, take care. All right, buddy. Let's uh, do this again. Thank you, Robbie. No doubt about it. You say the word, okay? Okay. Take care, brother. I tell you, gee, that guy's awesome. He really is. I, I, I just, I'm a big Joel McHale guy. I get a kick out of him. A true ball buster. And I tell you, I really hope, Grace, I really do hope that he invites me over to stakes because I would love to crush a couple stakes with Joel McHale. I really do. He's a ball buster. And Bobby loves a good ball buster. Folks, put it on the board. Joe McHale confirmed friend of the pot. Anywho, that closes us down here for episode 83 of the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Why is this such an important episode? We had Grace Ibrahim on the show the other day. We brought her on. For those of you who could take a look on the YouTube there, that was uh, kind of her send-off. This is officially Grace's last day editing the podcast, putting it out there. And I just want to give another shout-out. To the young lady, I, I'm telling you folks right now, the podcast changed my life. It took me out of, of work and really put me into something that I'm now doing and that I want to do every single day as a career, which really is the dream. I mean, you always think about, you always talk about doing something that you want to do every single day. That's what I'm doing. And it's because of Grace. Grace got this podcast started. She's the one who convinced me to do it got everything that I needed to set me up for success in it. And not only just that, she's very good at it. And she was a perfect sidekick for me. And uh, Grace, I know you're listening to this. You will be missed more than you know. And we will do everything in our power to get Grace back, uh, you know, from the Middle East and, and, and back here. And the goal is, and the goal always has been to get this podcast big enough to where we could get her citizenship in the United States you know, with this as her full-time career. And, and that's, again, that's been the goal from day one. It'll maintain the, as the goal, and we just got to keep plugging away. Grace, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for everything that you've done for this podcast, for the Brilliantly Dumb Faithful. We love you, and we will get you back. Folks, we will see you next week for episode 84 of the Brilliantly Dumb Show. You all take care now.